everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Last week, I had Ryan on the podcast, and we talked about child and family therapy. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I would highly recommend doing it. We talked about the mind and body approach, using somatic experiencing, breathing, yoga, and all of that sort of stuff in her practice today as a therapist. And I just found it really interesting because I align a lot with what she does and the types of techniques she uses in her practice. And I use those in my own. So it was just nice to have her come on and talk about all that she's learned over the past year since graduating. And I just loved having her on last week and I love having guests on. And there's some more that are coming in the future that I'm really, really looking forward to. I feel like it has been just a little bit since I've checked in with all of you guys. And I don't know, like it's just, I feel like life has just been going a million miles an hour. I just finished up school, so I graduate literally this weekend, which is crazy to think about. It's been such a long time coming to this point. It feels like just such a big accomplishment, and it feels so good and so relieving to be done with schoolwork and to be able to like fully dive into my work with my clients. So I have that coming up. I just had my final dress fitting today for my wedding dress, and I get married in three weeks, which is also crazy. So just a lot of stuff happening and I just feel like I'm at a good point right now with my self-esteem and my self-worth and kind of why I want to talk about this today is for a while I struggled with self-esteem and my self-worth based on how other people would treat me, how I just treated myself and so I decided to, I had mentioned this before, I decided to go into training to become a yoga teacher And a lot of that is, you know, focusing on different poses and how your body moves in those poses and through different sequences. But it also really focuses on your mind and what you tell yourself and just how you feel not only about your body, but about your mind and what thoughts you have. And a lot of that we did through meditation work and journaling and prompts. And I learned a lot about myself during that time in training, and I feel like I developed so much confidence and higher self-worth. And I attribute that a lot to a book I read in training. It's called The Untethered Soul. And there's also a journal that comes along with it that you can journal while you're doing it. And I haven't done that, but I've heard it's really impactful and it's really powerful. But it talks about your inner roommate and your inner critic and how what you tell yourself really does stick with you and it talks about kind of separating those thoughts from yourself so for example we all have an inner voice and in the book it refers to that as the roommates the annoying roommate that always talks that isn't always nice and i realized at the time my inner critic my inner voice was so critical and so hard on myself like i used to be such a people pleaser i used to be someone who just always wanted to do the right thing and who always wanted to make people happy even at my own expense and when I wouldn't you know achieve what I wanted to or or if I wouldn't be seen or perceived by people in a way that I wanted to I was so hard on myself and I realized that that is why I had such low self-esteem is because what I was telling myself my anxious thoughts I was believing that I was buying into that I was like yeah you are worthless like why would anyone love you? Why would anyone care about you? Why would anyone stick around? 
And now that I've changed that inner voice and I've really started to notice what I tell myself, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was so detrimental to my self-worth for so long that it was a process really starting to be kind to myself and tell myself nice things. And even if I didn't always feel confident or feel like I just wanted myself to believe it so bad, I wanted to be confident. I wanted to believe that other people loved me. I wanted to love myself. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time not only in therapy, but just in yoga. I spent a lot of time in the studio trying to connect my body and my mind together. And that's why I want to use the mind and body approach in my practice so much is because your mind and body are connected. Like, there's no point in really working on your mind without your body because they're one and the same. What you tell yourself about your body matters. What you feel in your body affects you how you feel about yourself. It affects your mind. It affects your thoughts. And through learning more about the inner critic and kind of starting to develop different patterns than what I was used to, I found that there isn't just one version of the inner critic. So there's the inadequate self. So when you encounter obstacles or you make a mistake or you don't succeed at a goal, this inner critic reprimands you and it makes you feel incompetent and it's just really, really hard on you. And then another type of self-critic is the hated self. So when you experience defeats in life, this inner voice responds with loathing. You don't like yourself at all. You feel worthless. You feel inadequate. This voice, this inner critic judges you and tells you that you're never going to get it right. It sounds really harsh. And people view this inner critic in two pretty different ways. So This inner voice can be a way that helps you grow and pushes you to be better, but it can also be a way that over time, it is just a maladaptive cycle that is a way to mistreat yourself. So for instance, you can self-criticize to try to retaliate against aspects of yourself to manage how you feel about yourself. And while people think that it's it can serve as a way for you to grow and push you to be better, and that's kind of how I saw it for a while is, well, it's pushing me to be better. It's not letting me be lazy. It's driving me. It's making me want to achieve all these things. But I've also realized that it's linked to depression and it's linked to anxiety, even suicide and relationship problems with other people because you're being so hard on yourself and it's hard to not let that trickle into how you feel about other people and how you engage with other people. So you're probably wondering, well, if I am so critical and if my roommate is so harsh, like how do I change this? How do I treat myself differently? How do I not let this inner critic, this inner voice have the power? And so what I've had to do so often is reassure myself. And this can be anything from just what you tell yourself every day, the positive self-talk that's going on in your mind, to things like, writing down a positive affirmation and it sounds silly but sticking it on your mirror and so that's the first thing that you see every morning if there's something that you always tell yourself in the mirror when you look at your body when you look at your face write down the opposite of that write down what you want to be true or how you want to view yourself because it challenges those negative thoughts and there's also something that i learned a while ago from a friend and she had mentioned that there are like those dry erase markers and she found it really helpful to write down different things each day depending on how she's feeling depending on what she needs to hear what she needs to see to validate 
that she is good enough, that she is worthy. And then there's also the self-compassion piece, practicing self-compassion. And there's three parts of self-compassion. The first is self-kindness. When we're engaging in self-kindness, we extend gentleness, consideration, and empathy inward to ourselves. And the second is humanity. So if we're using this part of self-compassion, we comfort ourselves with the knowledge that we're human like everybody else. We make mistakes. We go through hard times. We have imperfections. And this second part is like a way to help us feel like we're not the only ones going through these struggles. Like people face similar struggles and it helps you feel less lonely, less isolated. And then the third part is mindfulness, which I found to be really helpful in my life, especially with meditation, especially with yoga. And this part involves acknowledging our inner experiences without trying to cast them off or become completely absorbed by them. And what I love about mindfulness and specifically meditation is we never get the time to just slow down in life, to be in our bodies, to feel what is going on, what's happening, the emotions. And I think when you do that, you really start to notice what's happening. And during training, we read Perfectly Imperfect by Baron Baptiste, which I highly recommend. And we also read Journey into Power. And this really stuck out to me, this quote in this book. Um, a little background, Baron Baptiste is a world-renowned yoga instructor, yoga student, and he's just grown up in the world of yoga and teaching and practicing. And this quote, when I read it, just stuck out to me so much because I feel like this just describes my kind of transition into loving myself more and this way of just having more self-compassion. And the quote says, sometimes waking up to your body can be like waking up in the middle of the night with your house on fire. You suddenly see the danger all around you, all the damage you do to yourself, the conditions your lifestyle has created, all the negative energy that is weighing you down, all the unkind and unhealthy ways you treat your body. Once you awaken to the truth of what's happening inside you, it's not so easy to go back to sleep. You naturally and easily start making choices that cleanse, heal, and free your body and your soul. This was so profound for me because once I realized how much power my inner critic and this harsh voice in my head had over me, the more I was like, okay, no more. We're taking control. We're focusing on self-compassion. We're being kind to ourselves. We're loving ourselves. And we're getting to a point where this inner critic no longer has the control. So we've talked about giving ourselves reassurance, talked about self-compassion. And the other thing you can do to kind of combat inner criticism is giving these self-critical thoughts less power. And that's kind of what I've talked about. Like being able to notice your thoughts and not latch onto your thoughts is a very powerful thing. And that's what I have been trying so hard in my meditation practice. And it transfers into life in general. Like in therapy, we talk about it. It's like noticing clouds in the sky and those clouds having little thought bubbles and being able to notice them, notice that they're there, notice that we're having them and experiencing that moment but also noticing that they're going to pass. Those clouds are going to pass. The thoughts are going to pass as long as we don't hold on to them and ruminate on them and allow them to have the power over that moment and over our thoughts. When a person looks upon these self-critical beliefs as ideas and recognizes that these anxious thoughts, this inner criticism isn't necessarily a fact, 
then you're able to kind of detach from that, detach from that moment, differentiate our thoughts from reality and lessen the power of those thoughts. And then those thoughts don't have as much power when we know they don't really map onto anything real. And to take power over this voice, you must first become conscious of what's telling you. When you become sad or upset, does this voice become critical? And by noticing this, you can take back that control by choosing not to listen. What is important to realize is that the real cause of problems is not life itself, it's not the situation, but the commotion the mind makes up about what's happening. And the only way to find peace is to realize that the voice inside your head that is always talking will never be content. It'll always have something negative to say. It'll always have something that's going to break you down, tear you down. And this voice fosters self-criticism and it makes you not trust yourself, which can make you question many things about yourself. And that's what's hard is my inner voice has run my life for a long time. It has said pretty much everything negative possible and I believed it for so long. I believed that I was worthless. I believed what it was telling me. And now I actively choose to ignore it or to notice it, like I'd mentioned, and recognize that those things aren't necessarily true. It's just what my mind's making up. So I tried my best to replace these negative thoughts with positive ones. And I wanted to do this podcast just so people are aware that anxious thoughts are real and your inner critic is real and it's harsh and it's demanding and it makes you believe things that aren't necessarily always true about yourself. So I want to end by just saying, reassure yourself, be compassionate with yourself, and be kind to yourself because your mind's always going to have negative things to say about you. But, you know, check the facts. Are those true? What your mind's telling you? Or is it just your inner roommate trying to tear you down and make you feel less than you are? As always, thanks for listening, and I hope you tune into the next episode.